0: you are listening to Faith Assembly of God Online, a recording of our weekly service. Thanks for joining with us, a place where hope and reality converge. Bless the Lord. Are you glad you're in church this morning? There is no place I'd rather be. Thank you, worship team, and our ministry teams for leading us this morning if you have your Bibles Matthew 27 where we're going to take a look today as uh, we conclude this series entitled the finale the hope that we have in Jesus Christ the finale being the final piece or the completion of something that is set in motion and from the beginning of time God has set in motion his pursuit of us Uh, you realize this morning we did not find him he found us aren't you glad he sought us out he, some of us, he came and found us in some rough places. He came to where we were and where we, where we were in our moment, that he pursued us, that he loved us. This has been what he has been setting in motion from the beginning of time to, to, to reveal his love and to and to share that love with each and every one of us. And this morning, we look at the cross of Jesus Christ and that final work was done. Jesus was the final king in a line of kings from the line of David. He was the final king and he gave his life on the cross and in that final work that he did, he made a way for you and I to have relationships relationship with jesus christ and in this finale i want to encourage us and remind us today to hold on to the word of god that it is in fact in every season the bible tells us in psalm 46 it says that he is a present help in every time of trouble that in every situation he is our help no matter what it might be in your life no matter what circumstance might occur that he is a help in every situation aren't you glad that we serve in every situation kind of god He's not the, it's not a relationship that we have with God of, oh, if you're going through this, then you got to go and you got to do these, do these things, pray these prayers. No, there's one way to hope and there's one way and that's through Jesus Christ. So whether you're going through whatever it is that you're facing, whatever it is that you're going through, Jesus Christ is the way, he is the hope and he is the life that we need and the life that has been given to each and every one of us. The final piece has been paid as we remember that. Literally, Jesus, in his final words, John tells us these words that Jesus, while he was on the cross, he uttered these last words, the finale. And he uttered these last words. He said, It is finished. It is finished. It's like the checkered flag being pulled out at the last lap. And all of a sudden, not only recognizing that that checkered flag is not just signifying that the race is over, but it's identifying who the victor is. Not only in that last breath when he said, it is finished, he wasn't just saying that it's over. He's saying, I am the victor. I am the one who has overcome. I am the one through the the work of of God and the Holy Spirit that he overcame death, hell, and the grave forever. That the work is finished finished. Aren't you glad to know this morning that the work of the cross has finished the work that needs to be done in our lives? There's nothing more to do. Jesus has done it all. The battle's over. The checker flag is out. It's finished, and he has won. That's good news. Look at your neighbor and say, that's good news. That's good. If you don't believe that's good news, I don't know. We might need to, might need to, to, uh, to check hearing. I don't know what we might need to check. I, But you know that Jesus, the fact that Jesus overcame everything, that the work was completed on the cross, that he did all that was needed. But you know what? Sometimes we just forget, don't we? Sometimes we go through life circumstances and as we're going through the moments, we forget that he has overcome. We forget the words and situations and things that we're going through. We become overwhelmed by life and things occur in our lives and we sometimes forget. How many have ever been known to forget something? How many of you live with someone who forgets something? <laughs> There's a study that was done that says that we, it, it, it's, it's the average person, the average adult, the average adult forgets at least three things every day. Three things whether it has to do with key events Key chores or or dates or certain things that on average we all forget three things a day Some of those things might involve forgetting where you put your keys Some of those things might be forgetting to take your medicine Some of those things might be forgetting that you put laundry in and you need to put it in the dryer Some of those things might be forgetting that it's someone's birthday or someone's anniversary And that someone is in your house you might forget key things of, of that nature. There was a gentleman, he, he thought he had he had become so brilliant, and his plan was that he would not forget another birthday or anniversary or any event in his, in his, his uh, marriage celebration, and so he went down to the local florist, and he made, set up an account, and he put automatic dates, and he said every date, every birthday, every anniversary, every Valentine's Day, just automatically send flowers. He figured he had just trumped the system. He was never gonna going to forget everything was set smooth sailing until a couple years within this cycle he came home one day and he saw the flowers he said to his wife he said those are beautiful flowers who gave them to you he realized his cover was blown at that moment because he may have remembered to schedule the flowers, but he forgot the day. I, remember, I like the one that says of these three ladies that were living together, they were sisters growing older in their years together. And, and the one said it was her job to keep care of the other ones because though every time they would go somewhere, they would forget. The one sister was walking up the steps, and as she's walking up the steps, she stops and she yells down to her sister, Was I going up or coming down? The sister said, you were going up. Okay, thanks. She shakes her head. Not too much later, the other sister walks into the kitchen. As she walks in the kitchen, she yells, was I getting ready to eat or did I already eat? (laughs) The sister is sitting at the kitchen table. She said, ah, you're getting ready to eat. She said, I'm so glad I'm not forgetful like you guys. Knock on wood. (laughs) She stopped for a second and said, who's at the door? I'll get it. We are known to be people who forget. It's, it's, it's a nature of ours. It's a nature of our lives, and we know. It doesn't matter all the things you can put in line. We've got the smartphones and all the stuff to help us to remember. I, there are moments that sometimes I need to pick up the kids, and so if Jody says, hey, can you get the kids today? I pull out my phone, and I put, pick up kids. I mean, it's not bad enough. You know, the kids call and say, hey, dad, where are you? And I'm like, I'll hurry up and get you. I don't mind that call. It's the call from Jody saying, did you get the kids? <laughs> almost there. <laughs> no, I'm just, almost. It's pretty soon. In the process, we can put all the things to remind us and everything that's around us to remind us of what we need to know. And there's things that can help us. Yeah, we'll probably forget the keys. We'll probably forget some significant dates. By the way, April 15th, it's coming up. It's something like April 15th, what's that? It's called taxes, all right? You might want to get on the ball. There's certain things you can't forget. You might forget keys. You might forget certain things around the house. But one of the things that is a travesty is when we forget the Word of God and what God has spoken That in seasons of what we're going through, that we sometimes forget the word that God has put in our heart. Listen to what it says in Matthew 27. In Matthew 27, we we hear this story, and I know that sometimes, we we know that we're people who can be forgetful. But sometimes in moments of difficulty, in moments of stress, in moments of, of weakness, we can sometimes forget the word of God. Here are the disciples, and they had just watched Jesus. Some of them didn't even watch only a few of them were there when Jesus was, was, was taken, arrested. And as Jesus was arrested and taken into uh, Caiaphas' uh, home or palace to where he was being, being uh, uh, accused and he was standing trial, most of his disciples scattered. Peter followed the only one at, his, at a distance. And the Bible says they all ran away. And in that moment of running away, in that moment of, of being, being in a place of, of trying to find reprieve, The Bible says, of course, as they watched, they saw the situation that was taking place. Jesus predicted it. He said, the shepherd is going to be slaughtered and the sheep will scatter. Jesus said to Peter, Peter, you're going to deny me. Peter said, Lord, I would never deny you. Jesus said, before the rooster crows, you will have denied me three times. Jesus said these things would happen and now here it is all of this is taking place Jesus Peter has denied Jesus everything is happening Jesus has just been on the cross he has died and now that Friday afternoon they took him off of the cross and they've now put his body in a grave on Saturday morning the Pharisees and those who were sent who had sentenced Jesus to death, those who were behind his murder, they came to Pilate. And here's where we pick it up. In verse, in verse 62 of Matthew 27, listen what it says. The next day, which would have been Saturday morning, the first day of the Passover ceremonies, the leading priests and Pharisees went to see Pilate. They told him, sir, listen to what they said, sir i got to remind you, these are the people that just crucified Jesus. They're the ones who were behind his murder. And here's what they say to Pilate. Sir, we remember what that deceiver once said while he was still alive. After three days, I will be raised from the dead. So we request that you seal the tomb until the third day. This will prevent his disciples from coming and stealing his body and then telling everyone he came back to life. If that happens, we'll be worse off than we were at first. Pilate replied, take guards and secure it to the best you can. So they sealed the tomb and posted guards to protect it. Now I want you to see the irony of this. Here's the irony. The Pharisees are coming before Pilate and they're saying, we remember what he said. They said, we remember he said, three days I'll rise again. So therefore we request that you put a stone now, there wouldn't have been a stone on that first night. Jesus would have been laying in the, in the tomb. But on that second morning or on that first morning, on Saturday morning, they said, Hey, Pilate, we want you to issue a, a, a decree. We want you to, to give approval to put a stone, a huge stone. And we want you to seal that tomb so that the disciples won't come and steal his body. Here's the irony. Where are the disciples? Hiding behind locked doors. The irony of this situation is that the disciples are nowhere near even wanting to get close. They're hiding for their lives. They're nowhere to be found. But the Pharisees are saying, we remember what he said. Isn't it interesting? The Pharisees are coming to Pilate saying, we remember what he said. And the disciples are hiding behind locked doors saying, we forget what this is all about. Isn't it true that sometimes we can be people who tend to forget what we should remember and remember what we should forget? Have you ever noticed that? There's stuff that we might just carry with us. There's there's things that we bring along and we carry much longer than we ought to because we forget the stuff we ought to remember, but we remember the stuff that we should have forgotten. And here the Pharisees, the Pharisees are saying we remember what he said, and the disciples, when Jesus warned them and told them on three accounts. Let's not be harsh on the disciples, but let's just pull to mind the reality. Sometimes life can overwhelm us and we can feel like darkness has set in and it can sometimes be difficult to remember what he said. You ever been there? You ever been in the moment of holding on hope when it feels like hope is gone, when it feels like things are difficult and having to remind yourself, remember what he said. Remember what his word said. Here's what, here's what it goes on. It says that he said, go ahead and seal the tomb. Chapter 28, it says, early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to see the tomb. Suddenly there was a great earthquake because an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and rolled aside the stone and sat on it. Oh, I love Here's the whole picture. What the enemy brings into your life to be a threat, to hold back what God wants to do in your life, when the enemy brings those things that becomes a tomb in your life, it might be the difficulties of of anxiety or worry or fear or addiction and those those things of life that the enemy might roll over and bring in front of your life and say, It's over. You're going to die. You're going to die in this place. The Bible says that the angel of the Lord came and rolled away the stone and sat on top of the stone. The enemy really Realize it, or the enemy in this place wanting to threaten and to take away. God says, whatever has come to hinder you, I will reign over that. God reigns over your fear. He reigns over your anxiety. He reigns over your addiction. He reigns over the things that would trouble you. He rolls away the stone, and he'll sit on it. When you sit on something, it means you're in charge. Some of you need to let God sit on your life. Some of us need to let God sit on the the, the things around us, the stuff that we might be going through. The Bible says the the angel came and he sat on it. His face shone like lightning and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the women, don't be afraid, he said. I know you are looking for Jesus who is crucified. He isn't here. He has been raised from the dead just like he said he would. I want you to hear that again. You know you're looking for Jesus, but he's not here. He has risen from the dead just like he said he would. Just like he said he would. Here's what I want you to catch this morning that we've got to be people who know the word and hold on to the word. And even in the moment of our darkest situations, the darkest times in our lives, that we hold on to the word and we know that even though there might might be a stone. The angel of the Lord is going to come. The spirit of the Lord is going to roll away the stone. He's going to sit and have dominion over the things that are coming to rob me of my joy and my peace. And I know that God is going to come through because it's just like he said he would. That we become people who believe the word of God, who hold to his promise. Here's what he says. He says, go and tell him. He isn't here. He has been raised from the dead just like he said he would Come. See where his body was laying and now go quickly and tell his disciples he has been raised from the dead and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. And here's what the angel ends with. Remember what I have told you. There's a danger in forgetting and if there's any time that we've got to be careful, we're not people who forget. It's in the season and the day and the hour that we're living in today. There are moments that when the disciples, you realize that they were overwhelmed by what was taking place. The Messiah, the one that they put their faith in. He had had died on the cross and now they're feeling threatened. Everything they believed in seems to be unraveling and coming apart. But if they just would hold on to the word of God. Because there were three accounts that Jesus came and on three different points Jesus would pull them away. And three different times in the Gospels, it points out that Jesus said, Now, guys, I want you to realize the Son of Man is going to be betrayed. He's going to be turned over to the authorities. They're going to kill him, and in three days, he's, I'm, going, I'm going to rise again. Three different times Jesus said, I just want you, to, I want you to understand this today. I want you to get this. There's going to be a time coming along, and things are going to be difficult. I want you to catch this, Jesus is telling them. He told them on three different times. Three is a number that is that is important because three is the number of repetition and the number that, you know, when something gets to to a place of, of infinity, 0. .3333333333, you get to that place of recognizing that it's repetitive, that it's something that comes to a point And God is saying, Jesus was saying to them, I want you to know, I'm repeating myself. I want you to hear there's going to be tough times coming. The Son of Man is going to die, but in three days he's going to rise again. Where was the person in the midst of the crowd when everyone was in despair and everyone scattered? Where was the one that rose up and said, hey, you know what? Hold in there. Remember what he said? Do you notice there's not one person that we read of in the Bible that does that? Is it? Not one disciple came along and said, hey, guys, I know this has been the worst night of our life, but just remember what he said. He said in three days he was going to rise again. We don't hear of that. We don't hear, here's the only thing we hear of, the Pharisees coming along and the Pharisees saying, we remember what that deceiver said. You know, they didn't say they remembered what the, the, what the deceiver Jesus said. They didn't say they remembered because they believed his word. They remembered because they were afraid of what might happen. Isn't it something that whatever you're afraid of becomes what you, what you hold in mind the most? Whatever it is that you're afraid of is what elevates and becomes what takes your, your attention. Whatever it is that you're afraid of the most comes to the place. And, and the disciples, uh, of course, they're afraid of losing their life. And in being in fear of losing their life, they forgot the word of God. But the Pharisees, being afraid that Jesus actually would come out of the grave, or that disciples would take his body, came to a place and said, If that happens, it's going to be worse than it was before. I want to encourage you today Two things that I want to want to remind you of Number one That in every dark place in life Hope always lives And number two The word of God Is the hope that we have And that word is meant To prepare and make us ready Jesus had said to them There are going to be dark days coming But I want you to remember I'm going to die And in three days I'm going to rise again Some of you are in dark moments. Some of you feel like the stone has just been pushed over. Imagine this, as if it wasn't bad enough. Jesus, of course, had died. They put his body in the tomb. And it wasn't enough that they beat him, that he killed him, that they did. But now they put a stone in front. That let his disciples know, this is not a safe territory. This is difficult. This is not going to be good. How many know in that moment that didn't look like it would be good Was the moment that Jesus ruled by his power And he overcame and victory was won See Jesus, the Bible says, is the word of God John describes him this way That in the beginning was the word And the word was with God And the word was God And the word dwelt among us That word being Jesus Here's what I want you to know Jesus died on the cross And when his body went into the grave How many know the word of God? That was the word of God that went into that dark place. Here's what I want you to catch this morning. The word of God is hope that in every situation you're in he is with you and that word needs to be hidden in our heart that we allow that word of God to be hidden because there are moments that things are going to get tough but we've got to remember what he said. In moments of difficulty the doctors are going to come and they might say you've got cancer but we hold on to the word and we hold on to what the word of God says that he is greater, that he's going to roll away the cancer and he's going to sit on top of the cancer. He's going to rule and reign. You might recognize and I'm No, let's be real. Let's be real. For some people, that means entering into heaven. But I want you to know that just because our life is gone in this earth does not mean that there's not a hope that we have for eternity because he sits on the throne. Everything in heaven and earth is under his authority and under his control. He reigns. And so this morning, realizing that whatever you're going through, that the word of God, even in dark places, the word of God is still there. The Bible says this in Psalm, your word Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We're getting ready to take communion this morning. I'm going to ask the worship team to come and help us receive communion. But as we prepare our hearts, I want you to hear this this morning. Listen, the word of God is meant to be in dark places that you're going through. God did not come to keep us away from dark places. God came so that we might shine bright even in the dark places that we're in. Even in the midst of dark places, can I? The word comes alive. And the word is meant to prepare and make us ready. How many know that every time Jesus said to the disciples, now listen, the son of man is going to be turned over and in three days he's going to rise again. How many know Jesus was saying to them, get ready. I want you to have my word so that you know that hope is coming. But I also want you to get ready for what's about to happen. Right? So, on Easter Sunday, here's what I got to tell you. Church, we better get the Word of God inside of our heart because we better get ready for what's going to happen. I'm not a naysayer or preacher of doom and gloom, but I believe what the Word of God says. And because the Word of God says it, that means I have to receive it and live according to what His Word says. Here's what His Word says in Matthew chapter 10. Jesus said, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. I'm going to send you out like sheep among wolves. You are going to be hated for my namesake. But thank you, Jesus. They hated me, they're going to hate you. They persecuted me. They're going to persecute you. You're going to be turned over. Some of you are going to be arrested and turned over to the authorities. But in that moment, don't worry what to say because the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say. And then he says, and those who remain firm to the end will be saved. Church, can I tell you we're living in a day where to follow Jesus Christ means you're going to be called hated to stand for what the word of God is and the truth of God's word, there's there's a dividing line that is clearly being set in place. And we have to ask ourselves, is the word of God enough that we're gonna hold on to that in the midst of difficult times, we're gonna say, I remember what he said. I remember what he said. I remember what he said. That you might be called into account and said, hey, you believe this, why do you believe it? I'm gonna say, I remember what he said. His Holy Spirit's gonna give me words to speak at that time. I'm saying this to you today because there's going to be moments where it feels like you're in the tomb and the stone just got pushed over in front of you. Where it feels like darkness sets in. But I want you to know this this morning that no matter what it is that you're going through, no matter what it is that you're carrying in this life, no matter what it is that you've got, you got insecurity, you got anxiety, you got difficulty. I want you to know in these places, just because you believe in Jesus doesn't mean you won't be sometimes conflicted by insecurity or anxiety or difficulties. Have you found that out? If you met a Christian that said, well, I believe in Jesus, everything is perfect in my life. Jesus didn't say that. He said, get ready, you're going to need my word. You're going to have to hold on because there's going to be dark moments. There's going to be dark moments. You're going to feel lost and sometimes it's going to feel like the lid is closed in life. But you got to know, even in the dark moments, it's pitch dark in there. I can't get inside to prove it, but I know this, that the moment that lid is shut, it's dark in there. But in the midst of that darkness, there's a word of God that says, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. That in the midst of darkness, I'm holding on to the word that even when I'm made to feel insecure, let me tell you why this is important. Because Jesus said this when he went and he gave, spent time with his disciples, on Thursday night, before he went to the cross, they shared their last supper. And Jesus said, this is my body broken for you. This is the blood. I'm not gonna, you're not going to have this meal again until we drink and eat in heaven. But Jesus said these words, every time you eat this, do this in remembrance of me. Jesus was saying, I don't want you to forget because there are going to be dark moments in life. You're going to have dark moments where the lid's going to feel like it's shut on you. There's going to be difficult moments. It's going to be dark, but I want you to know in those moments, don't forget what I did for you. Don't forget the power that I showed. Don't forget that in those dark moments that I was the Word of God, that I came and in the grave came and the stone was put over, but three days later rose again because I did just what I said I would do. Don't forget my Word. You're going through anxiety. You're going through difficult places. And in anxiety, there's where the lid is closed. It feels like life is difficult. But even in those moments, let the Word of God be inside. And the Word of God telling us, I am leaving you with a gift that is a peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give you is a gift that the world cannot give. Therefore, the world can't take it away. So don't be troubled or afraid. Is the Word of God inside of our heart? Because there's a day... We better make sure we really believe this. I don't like this fact, but there's a reality. The Bible says in the last days many will fall away on account of Jesus. That Jesus is going to be offensive to people and they're going to fall away. It's what the Bible says. So on this Easter Sunday, we better be people who are certain to know that in life, no matter what it is that we're going through, that we're going to allow the word of God and we're going to live our life, not because of what we see, but according to what his word says. And we're going to live remembering what he said. We're going to live remembering what he said. Because whatever you're going through, remember what he said. The doctors have said there's a condition. The Word of God says this brief trial is only for a moment and works in me a far greater glory. That's what the Word of God says. And in a day when we can be people who quickly live according to opinion and according to ideas and according to our own perceptions, we must be people who come to a place and say, I'm going to believe and live what the Word says. And I'm gonna remember. Because when you're gonna go through the stuff you're going through, don't go through it without remembering the Word of God. Don't go through it without knowing what His Word says over you. This morning, I don't know where you might be going, and here's the, the, the truth of it that on Easter, hope is alive. And he wants to take us, so pack your bags and let him take you from death to life, from mourning to joy, from insecurity to confidence, from anxiety to overwhelming hope, from addiction to a life set free. Because even in the grave, and the stone was covered, the Pharisees remembered what he said and ask you in the days ahead of you in the days when life is not easy in the days when the line is drawn and you need to make a decision will you allow the word of god to be what you remember and to be your light to guide your steps and to lead you on this easter sunday we're going to receive communion this morning and because jesus said do this in remembrance of me when i receive communion Our ushers are coming. They're going to help us to receive together. They're going to serve us today. But when I hold the cup and the body, the the cup and, and bread representing the blood and body of Jesus Christ, I'm reminded how much he loves me. Can I speak to those of us that are insecure in this place? I'm one of you. I battle with insecurity. I battle with the the, the ability to think confidence in myself, which ultimately means my ability to think confidence in Christ. So there are times I have to repent and say, God, forgive me, because insecurity can come in and make me feel a certain way. When insecurity happens, it causes me to not be able to receive the love. But when I look at what Jesus did on the cross, I can't help but recognize He did it because He loved me. He did it because... And I have to stop and say to myself... Who am I that He would love me? Which tells me then that I matter to Him. And even though the enemy wants to come and say, You don't matter. You don't have what it takes. You're not good enough. I look at the Word of God, and the Word of God tells me, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. That He has called me according to His purposes. That greater is He that is in me than He that is in the world. So those of us that deal with insecurity, let the Word of God be alive in your heart. And let that be what you believe and what you live. Because if not, you'll stay inside the grave. Those of you that deal with anxiety, I, I don't know anxiety as well as some of you, but the worry and the overwhelming, the, the, the times of feeling like your breath is taken away, like you can't breathe, like you, you, you can't even expand. But in that moment, recognizing that Jesus, the Bible says that his mercies are new every morning, which means he's constantly making new opportunities and new place. He's leading us into new things. He wants to expand and grow us. So I to ask myself, Am I going to trust what he says? Am I going to believe what he says? Or am I going to believe what I feel? No. I'm going to remember. Some of us dealing with addiction. Tears you up. Beats you up. Jesus said in Luke, he said this, I have come to declare freedom to the captive. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me and has appointed me to preach good news, to bind up the brokenhearted, to release those who have been set prisoners, to set them free, and to give them a hope in Jesus Christ. Remembering the Word of God. So as we hold what represents the body and blood of Jesus, would you recognize and say, God, today as I'm holding this, I'm holding on to your Word. You are the living Word. And no matter what I'm going through, I'm going to hold on to your word. Our ushers are going to service at this time. And as they do, ask you to hold the elements and we'll receive communion together in these moments. Whatever it is that you're going through, the only requirement here is that you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Maybe this morning you say on this Easter Sunday, I need to commit my life to Christ. I need to commit myself to him. As we sing these songs and as you hold these elements, would you allow that word to become real in your heart? Say, God, Jesus, I'm going to hold on to your word. I'm going to hold on to your promise. And on this Easter Sunday, I'm going to remember what your word says even when I'm in dark moments and it feels like the stone has just been rolled over the the grave. I'm going to hold on to your word. Let's worship the Lord together. As you hold the elements, we'll come and receive together. Thanks for listening. Tune in again next week.